Hey guys, Michael Ryder here. Uh, welcome to the Closing the Distance podcast. It's number one for me. Um, we've got Isaac Taylor and Alon Zizar on the line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to do a fancy intro because frankly, we don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not going to force it. <laughs> no, no forcing yeah. intros. Um, if, if, if you do like that, I know on Anchor you can you can leave a message for us to do so and we can give it a shot. So please excuse any kind of random fuck ups. Cause we don't, we don't mean to do it. Usually our intentional fuck ups aren't that funny. So um, just bear with yeah. us. <clears throat> Basically, if you're like us, we've, you've been stuck at home, either working or not for the past week. And um, we've been bored out of our minds and, uh, we're three friends and we're separated by distance, uh, but together in this phenomenon that we're experiencing right now. And so we just thought we'd hang out, um, and talk about it. Isaac, what are you, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? So I am, uh, <laughs> I'm drinking some of Francie's parents, uh, tequila that they bought in Mazelon. What? So it's Los Asuna. You sound like, uh, you sound like a snob when you say that. <laughs> Mazelon. Well, that sounded like I feel like you're uh... from Mazlan. Oh man, what's the what's? Well, here's go ahead. Here's 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 my here's my concern. My my concern is is that I'm gonna drink this whole bottle and it's gonna be an awkward interaction. <laughs> I kind of halfway want that to happen, but <laughs> yeah. Alon, what do you? You know what's funny? The bottle is spelled Vainilla, V-A-I-N-I-L-L-A for vanilla, but it's Vanilla, like Bridezilla, but. Instead of a bride, yeah, you're somebody know. drinking something yeah. fancy. Okay. Yeah, it's it's great tequila though. It's highly, um, you know, if we get five people to listen, I'm gonna call that tequila company and yeah. tell them that they have to for endorsement. Um, Alon, <laughs> what what are you drinking, buddy? Uh, so earlier when you and I were on the phone discussing this uh, episode, I, I had an old fashioned that hit me pretty hard. So then I made a coffee to sober up, and um, okay, I'll probably make a drink in a second. So you're like on a you're like on a stay at home quarantine roller coaster right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With no witnesses, is your dad exactly. back there like shaking his head or? No, he doesn't. Care, it's like you. He... It's like you took a bunch of Adderall and smoked weed at the same yeah, time, it... and now you're playing zombies. Exactly. So I might as well with Brad. Let's, let's... <laughs> you remember? You remember Brad playing zombies? <laughs> let's jump into some pleasantries for those folks that might be thinking that Alon still is home with his parents. <laughs> Alon, Alon, talk to us about talk to us about like your last week, bro. And, and oh my god! So this whole hey, thing. But, tell us about Austin before just... before any of that happens. Can I just Alon? It's so great. To I know, Isaac. Like, man. man, it's like we haven't it's talked been in a hot freaking minute. maybe four, three or four years, maybe longer. I I, I hope yeah. it hasn't been that yeah. long. But see, and and I'm glad to hear your voice. I've been planning this yeah. podcast all week and literally hoping that you guys have a talk so that we can have this reunion on the air. Well, yeah, let's not wait until the next global pandemic yeah. to happen for us to have <laughs> well, a conversation. Let's not worry about our health and our like economy. For all the listeners out there, we, we actually were, you know, are and slash we're decent friends. We didn't have a falling out. No, not at all. There was never a fight. There was never a... Just, no, life happened. Sure <laughs> just time and distance. Yeah, Is, there's nothing like a coronavirus. I'm sure there's. So, I'm sure your your man crush with each other is such a priority to them right now. And it not, will be after after they get to and know not us. their jobs or 
yeah, it's ship, true. Yeah, you know. their well-being, you know, their future, <laughs> their I relationships with each flu. other. Should I go to the doctor? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a man. fuck about these guys. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Alon, talk, talk to me. So, What's going on? Uh, just over a week ago, Alon, you were in Austin, right? Yeah, I was in Austin. I mean, I always come back and forth to my hometown, Kerrville, where we all met each other. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the last five, almost six years I've been in Austin um up you know, and actor yeah i mean like it's been a kind of a slow progression but you know the last year things started to get better you know and i started to get my shit together you know career started mm-hmm. to blossom uh more clarity more everything you know and the next move was going to be la you know i'd been talking about it and then things sure. started to clear up there was this whole path and um you just you just wanted and then boom LA, right? like yeah yeah i went to you know i went in october kind of just to see it feel it out i still wasn't exactly sure what i was going to do but um kind of had a plan for the summer um to at least go again for an extended amount of time and then like you guys were saying earlier i don't know if it's when we already started recording but this whole thing just happened and this kind of you know i don't even know what the future is with that and i'm sure you guys can relate and i'm sure our listeners can relate like you're you know everything just changes like that so interesting for you like alon you're you're in austin like capital city of texas Mm -hmm. you know what's it what was it like just before you left what what got you to make the decision to come back here well you know i i mean i i i frequently see my family and um you know the thing is i probably won't be i'm i don't know I, the future is, I, I can't even tell you what the future is if I'll even be living in Austin. Sure. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, it, it was just more affordable to come back home and eat at home. And um, also being in Kerrville, um, you know, there, fortunately, there isn't anybody that has coronavirus yet. And I hope it stays that way yeah. in Austin, <laughs> the city. And um, there's pro, I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons too when you're in a city yeah. doing something like this. But, um, you know, I'd say like the best um, option. I had to decide within like the next, you know, that the night, the day that I that work got canceled, I I made a decision. You know what? Tomorrow I'm just going to curve on. So, along just for folks listening, you've yeah. been as you've been trying to, um, as you've been continuing your getting established in your acting career, you've been substitute teaching, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The last yeah, five so, years, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Um, did this? Uh, so kind of t- just two two kind of perspectives. Did this interrupt any gigs you had, uh, or any any uh, auditions you had lined up? Um, it did, and it uh, yeah, it did. Um, you know, it, the the first thing that interrupted was my my day job as a substitute teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, of because, course. As you know. Um, you know, all the, even though some of the schools are going back, they're doing virtual learning. There's not really a need for a sub. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, the economy I is still, bad. I, like I was telling you before we start recording, man, I still think there, I still think you need to market yourself as a virtual sub. I still think there's probably oh, that's a, great idea. a market yeah. space for that. Like, because I know uh, my 10 year old, her teacher has like three kids and there's no way her house is peaceful. So I can just imagine her trying to organize a whole classroom on, uh, online for her students while her kids are doing their own while they're being crazy. And uh, so I think there's definitely space for that, man. I think you need to look into 
how you can virtual sub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think of tutoring or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Some some kind of situation that because you know I, I'm hired through the school district, but yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it's a great idea because there's no way that every teacher. I mean, if somebody's sick, somebody's sick. They don't necessarily want to be virtual teaching if they're sick either. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it just it threw so it threw my my day job on a loop but then um i wasn't surprised that this would affect the film industry you know they always say like if you're sick for instance don't you never want to shake a casting director's hand in the first place because you could spread germs they see people all day this is on a normal day so the coronavirus more so but obviously they weren't going to be doing any auditions and if they would they would be taped auditions but even still i mean i think with the economy being low and film sets not even filming anything like i i heard avatar stop shooting their sequel in New Zealand because of Corona. Um, mm. So obviously that, that affects my yeah. acting career too. Um, yeah. Well, not, not only that, no one's in theaters. Yeah. No know? one's going to the yeah. theaters and exactly. And so, um, I mean, I'm sure at some point people are going to need content to watch and commercials to see, but if, for the time being, they're not going to be shooting anything because film sets have 50 to a hundred people, you know, on set and, um, so it's, it's affected that way. How, um, how about you guys? Pull, pull I, out that, pull out that B roll in uh, after effects <laughs> to make a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so Isaac, <laughs> Isaac, you're, you're, you're in Montana when this yeah, all started. Yeah. Or were you on, were you, in, no, were you on your in, way back up there? I was, I, I was in Salt Lake city. That's so, right. you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, so Francie and I, um, you know, we were in Salt Lake City and we were, you know, I, uh, I left the, the restaurant that I was at. So I, you know, uh, I sold the, my shares uh, for the sushi restaurant brewery we had. And so I decided to leave day to day operations and leave from owning that and jump into consulting. And so, you know, my business model was to, uh, hold mastermind events and hold live events between, you know, 30 to, to 45 people and then kind of upsell them on, on some digital uh, training programs. And sure. So, so, so we, Isaac, for the, for the layman that's not uh, familiar with industry speak, you're referring to the uh, food and food and beverage industry, specifically yeah. restaurants to, to consulting, uh, you mentioned industry code. Could you break down real quick what an industry code is? Yeah. So, so industry codes is the name of the marketing or I'm sorry, the restaurant consulting business that we have. And basically what, what I've decided to do is really kind of take the uh, nitty gritty and the really abstract parts of being an effective restaurant and articulate it uh, to the very best of its ability for, for kind of the mass crowd. And so, you know, I, industry codes talks about everything from the importance, the culture, the menu engineering to menu design to sure. architecture, all the, all the fun restaurant stuff. And so, and then having a, a huge emphasis on, on culture and leadership and, and why that's so important. And so we moved to Salt Lake city to do that and definitely had some great traction going and, and had some great momentum going, but this is really the, it's really a, so were you, an opportune time to ask yeah. people to get I mean, in the same room. Everybody, so. like, 
I, I've heard through the grapevine, like a lot of my friends that own restaurants, they're, they're not, they're either working on a, reinventing their business model for takeout to go or turning into grocers or they're filling out uh, loan applications right now so they can stay in business. I, I can tell you right now from, from everybody that I've talked to uh, in the restaurant industry and in multiple industries from, from breweries to counter service to fine dining to, um, you know, your, your hole in the wall bar everybody right now is in pure survival mode. Sure. I mean, that's, that's what it yeah. is. Now, some, some restaurants are surviving by completely shutting down um, and banking on their cash flow. Some restaurants are definitely in some heated uh, negotiations with their, with their landlords. If they, you know, have any type mm-hmm. of lease commercial real estate, um, you definitely have uh, owners or large corporations trying to make the decision between, um, you know, do you keep your managers on? Do you keep paying them uh, in hopes that they, they come back? If you do have so, restaurants that are doing big carry out or takeout, um, you know, there there are margins there. But, you know, it, it can be really tricky because you're not upselling the one or two alcohol drinks. So sure. it's, right now, it's it's definitely it's definitely the everybody's just trying to survive. Yeah. There's, there's no so, thriving from this. So that, that brings up a good, a good question. Um, Isaac, if I could just continue with you on this yep. thought and then Alon, if you could jump in, I'd really like to hear your perspective. Yeah. Um, so uh, crisis proof career, like, like where are we at? Like right now, or I know personally I've done this already. I know Isaac, when we were talking earlier, um, you brought this up. Um, the, oh crap moment. You know, how how sturdy, how strong is my career path for a crisis like this? Um, I know these don't happen all the time. Everybody knows the 500-year flood doesn't only happen every 500 years, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this kind of thing, we might not see it for another decade, but then guess what? When me personally am right in the middle of planning on daughter's wedding or mm-hmm. a lawn, you're right in the middle of getting married, mm-hmm. boom, here comes another crisis. Hold on, do you um, have a girlfriend right now? Or what? <laughs> I don't. I'm single if anybody's listening. <laughs> you would have brought her with him. Um, so, so Isaac... Alon needs a girlfriend before he thinks about marriage. Well, <laughs> so Michael's always man, rushing, like... making decisions for him. <laughs> I know. I'm like... He's like, I got a timeline set out, for you. Know. You're going to follow it and you're going to trust us on this. <laughs> It's, and uh, you're, you're five years behind. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, Isaac, like, like some thoughts on crisis proof um, career, maybe when it comes to yours and as you've thought about it, maybe some extreme ideas you've had well, or, or maybe uh, some people that you're noticing are even being affected right now that you're like, man, that guy's lucky. Like tell talk to me. Yeah. So, you know, something that's interesting is, you know, you guys both know, and, and uh, I'm sure a lot of our friends who know this is, you know, I was a really young restaurateur being in the restaurant industry at 15 and then, you know, being a GM by the time I was 17. And what was really funny is in 08, um, you know, I was 21, you know, 20 or 21. And I was working at the bowling alley and sports bar and grill. And we were having engineers and architects and, you know, real estate guys who, we're all coming in and applying during the 
um, you know, during the housing bubble of 08. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's really crazy is I've always told people that the liquor business or the alcohol business, the the restaurant industry, it was always a, a great industry to be in. You know, people drink in good times and bad, you know, bad yeah, times. Uh, side note, in the state of Texas, an essential business to stay open during shutdowns, by the way. I'm not sure if it's right. like that in Montana. Yeah, you know, well, for, for, you know, for liquor stores. And then, you know, and the thing is, too, is that you always have, you know, because of the wealth gap and different people in different financial situations, you know, you may have a, a, a fine dining and sure, maybe the maybe the restaurant that sells $400 bottles of wine with, you know, the $200, you know, filet mignon fucking course, you know, they they might take a hit. But the thing is, is that is that those people in that industry would, would, you know, quote unquote downgrade or just just mm. eat out in a different price range. And so so what's tough is, is that if you were to tell me, hey, the economy is going to get real rocky, how do you feel about the restaurant industry? I would tell you, oh, I feel great about it. So this is really throwing a curveball. Mm-hmm. Now, what's funny is, is that. Right now, you know, truck drivers are on really high demand. Oh, yeah. And that's an industry that most everybody is scared that AI is going to take over. And yeah. I mean, truck. Yeah. And so it's it's real funny because, you know, AI is not here yet. And I not yet. I, yeah. And I really believe that it will. But sure. how how funny is it to go from, hey, we have a dying industry and then all of a sudden, they're needed immediately right away. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so, if I see, yeah. I mean, if I had a hundred bucks for every God bless a truck driver meme I've seen over the last week, I'd, I'd be a millionaire right now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. It's a great time sure. to have a CDL, you know. And so, yeah. so I would. So, so here's where I'm at. So your opinion, apocalypse-proof career truck driver and booze distributor? Well, yeah, no, I I wish it was. Here's the thing: both, yeah, (laughs) the the truck driver is going to get eaten up, right? Um, Eventually, with Mm. AI, I believe. Um, The restaurant industry, obviously, I've been proven wrong, and it's something that's made me really take a step back and and think about the economics of of the industry and how I can help restaurant owners. And I'm I'm still fighting that battle uh, right now. But medical, you know, obviously mm. doctors, nurses, um, anybody in those industries, you know, obviously you see a real influx. Hopefully they get paid, how they get paid, things of that nature is definitely going. But um, it, it seems like the medical industry is always going to stay try, tried and true. You know, there's sure. always going to be pregnancies. There's always going to be sick people. Um, there's always going to be surgeries needed. Uh, and a, and a testament a testament to that Isaac I mean look look around the globe red tape's been lifting everywhere for folks that are like uh, nurses and medical professionals that mm-hmm. maybe have licenses that have expired recently or they're just on the threshold of about to complete this or that and just having them almost as if we were at a wartime like jump in and help yeah mm-hmm. I mean well the thing is is it's it's more you know it's it's less about bureaucracy and rules and and like you said red tape and right now it's just about saving lives and so mm-hmm. the human condition has you know um, when it when it comes to something like that the human you know becomes before 
uh, the technicalities. You know, one of one of the slogans I have for industry codes is, you know, serve serve the human before managing the employee. And that's that's what's going. It's it's mm-hmm. serve the human, save the human before worrying about what certification you have or what your title is or you know, um, if you're certified or if you've been in retirement for five years, you know, there's a lot of people coming out of retirement to help. So as far as like answering your question very specifically, um, you know, I think the healthcare industry is always going to stay consistent. Um, and that, that for me right now seems to be, uh, I mean, at least the only industry I can really think of, there's obviously farmers, like people need to keep being fed, but Again, um, technology, um, you know, has really made those jobs few and far in between. So there's, there's not that many people. And then I definitely don't know the answer to this, but the fact that the healthcare industry is staying and is so important and is, is so essential through the good times and bad Mm -hmm. times, you know, that's, that's really what creates this whole crazy healthcare system between, you know, free healthcare, privatized you know, price gouging insurances. It's, it's a, it's a commodity that will always be needed. And, you know, who, who's going to make, who's going to make some cheddar off of yeah. it. And, yeah. Uh, and, and don't feel bad about not having answers. We're not here to talk about answers. We're here to go, holy shit together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, no. So Alon, how does this um, affecting your kind of outlook? You, you know, um, I don't know if you mind sharing how old you are and, where you're at, uh, that from that perspective, not to the, not to age discriminate, but, um, how is this affecting when it comes to crisis, uh, proof career crisis, um, agility career path? Um, are you, is it, do you feel still comfortable with acting? Cause I'll tell you what, I've been seeing some of these, uh, famous Instagram ads, you know, um, like I think it was Serena Williams is like, okay guys, I'm going to go take six weeks you know, and, and go hide in my place. Nothing against Serena. She's awesome. But, um, I mean, that's a pretty solid plan when you've yeah. made it. So, I mean, if you've made it, it's a different story, you know, it's, I mean, like, sure. like, I mean, it, it's one of those things like, I'm not going to give up on the screen whatsoever. Um, and if anything, it's kind of making me sure. think, well, you know, look how short life is or look how, look how anything could change like that. So you might as well really go mm. for it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, fortunately I can, you know, right now be with the family and whatnot. And, but, you know, I have to eat, people have to eat. So it's also like on a day-to-day basis, you know, you, I know people who do act full time, um, who haven't quote unquote made it. And I always wonder, you know, how are you able to mm-hmm. do that? I mean, there's only so many gigs. I can't mm-hmm. do that even on like a successful year right now you know it's it's like i still have to have my day job so for me it's it's very stressful because i you know you know what's going to come next how how will i be able to make a what will i have and will i be able to make enough money that i can still pursue this or will i be so busy that it'll be hard to pursue this and you know then you get into sure the big existential crisis of you know every everything you know are you working to live are you living to work and you know and it makes you wonder, about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is pursuing uh, a career in the arts a luxury? You know, it's and, and in many ways it is. It's kind of like, you know, it's if it, I feel for people who definitely, you know, have had to come from 
nothing and say, hey, I want to pursue, you know, sports or the arts. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a lot of people don't even have high dreams sometimes because they have to worry just about living. And, you know, I mean, I, I so, so in a sense, I feel a little obnoxious saying, hey, I want to continue pursuing acting, um, but I still will. Um, anyway, but that, that's just kind of my thought on. No, no, I think it's fine. I think what's important, I think your perspective is interesting. Um, the fact that it's making you double down on your passion, your dream life short. Yeah. I think those things are very true. Um, I think we all have our own cards that we're dealt with. And sure, we, you know, if we, if we pop up from an emergency and we look around and we're the guy on the yeah. lifeboat and we've got spaces, sure, we, we reach out to call people in. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, you're at that position for whatever reason, whether it's happenstance or chance or accident or intentional decision making. And no, I, I can respect that you're doubling down that. And um, to touch on Isaac's point, um, you know, it's so true right now we're seeing what the biggest necessities are. Um, you know, we see how much the, em- the employee is the most important part of a business. You know, it's, it, it's the, the backbone of this country, the backbone of every, you know, this, this whole world and truck drivers and what yeah. we really, you know, all, you know, it's, it's not one person leading. It's all the, whatever the metaphor is of the, um, was it centipedes? Basically like everyone is, you need everyone in order for a strong economy to work. You know, you can't just rely on one CEO, you know, it's gotta be everyone. Um, so I think Isaac brought up a great point about truck drivers and, um, I don't want to get too off subject, but you know, the, the the whole thing about AI is really interesting because it's so many of these jobs are such a necessity, but have a potential to leave in the future. And no, let's, Let's do that. Let's let's wander down that rabbit trail. Before we go down that rabbit trail, real quick, Alon, how sure. how old are you now? Oh, I'm thirty. <laughs> you're thirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, mijo, and you're still single. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Isaac, if you want to break off your engagement and date Alon, that's it's 2020. Obviously, that's mijo. So you look so nice. <laughs> okay okay so um you know i just read i was reading an article this week and it said that 40 percent of americans were living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. and were filling the jobs for example and excuse me for leaving a couple out uh janitorial early childhood Mm -hmm. education waiting tables are low-income folks that have no safety net underneath them um you know, Isaac, what's your, what's your take on this? Um, like, and even maybe, you know, obviously today, today was a, what was it? A $12 trillion bailout was passed by, um, it was, it wasn't, what was it? it the, wasn't 12 trillion now. What it was, was it? It was 2 like, trillion. 2 trillion. Excuse yeah. me. Um, it's probably, it's my whiskey ginger kicking in. Okay. So the, this this is kicking in. So, you know, what's your kind of angle? And then Alana, I'd love to hear your perspective on mm-hmm. that too. Um, you know, what do you guys think? Like, or is this really a safety net or is it an insult or is it like, it's an insult, but it's, we're going to take it because we need it right now. Like Isaac, talk, talk about that for a second. What's your perspective? I know you yeah. do, you work with these folks, you work, you manage, you've been managing folks in this hourly 
position for years. Like I've seen you, I've seen, I've seen kids come to you crying because uh, a power bill is going to get turned off and you reach in your pocket and give them 200 bucks. So like, right. talk to me about where you come, you know, where you're at on this. Well, yeah. I mean, so the, the thing is, is that whenever you think about economics, you, you know, one of the things that you really have to think about is that human behavior is economics. And oftentimes what happens is, is we take out the idea of a human or we take out the fact that you're, you're betting on a company when looking at stocks. You know, so many people look at the economy as a number and so many people look at stocks as numbers and these numbers are going up and numbers are going down. But companies have, you know, leaders, companies have CEO, companies have employees. Um, when you look at the economics of how the world just keeps running, you know, spinning round and round, you know, there's people who uh, pay for their net. You know, Netflix subscription. There's people who have water bills to pay. There's people mm-hmm. who live beyond their their means, and so, so to look at the the field of economics and and what this means, there's there's so much human behavior uh, that falls behind it, and you know, part of that human behavior is is how much can you how much can you save, and and what are your your money habits and things of that nature. Um, the, the biggest thing that I would take from this, and it, it, it would be such a debated uh, subject, and as soon as you figure out, think you figured out economics, you've figured nothing out. I mean, that's just, that's, that's a fact from every, you know, economist that I've listened to or read or heard from that, you know, it's on some level that we're, we're always dealing with theory. Uh, but for me, personally coming from my background and, and coming from my childhood and, and some of the financial struggles that, that I've experienced, it's really hard to get the, the fine, you know, being broke. It's really hard to get out of that cycle. You know, just mm-hmm. to give you a really easy example is let's say that you have um, a vehicle and that vehicle is, is, is really running down, right? I'll give you my 1995 Dodge Neon, for example, and you're saving money, right? So you drive to work every day. You're only paying what you need. You're eating ramen noodles every single night. And you're mm-hmm. saving each paycheck. And you need to save $3,000 for the down payment on that car. And you're at $2,000. And then sure. all of a sudden that 1995 Dodge Neon breaks down. And so now you have to drive to work. You can't not not go with a vehicle. You know it's a piece of junk. It broke down on the interstate. It got towed. You don't have an option to pay the tow bill. So you pay the $500 for the tow bill. You go to the mechanic and he says, oh, yeah, it'll be $1,500 to fix. You don't have the option. You have to get to work and you pay the $1,500. And so to get out of the the, the poverty cycle so, mm-hmm. so difficult. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm becoming more and more passionate about um, is the wealth gap here in the United States. And anytime sure. something like this happens, you know, the rich does get richer and the, the poor do get poor. Um, you saw it in 08, mm-hmm. right? Um, stocks are are basically, you know, when you think about the value of stocks, that's really based on the massive, you know, the, the mass collective opinion. And so let's say the economy come, comes back, stocks go back up because people have put value on that. And so your, your, your wealthier um, group here in the United States, they're just going to get wealthier 
But guess what? There's a lot of people who um, got three months behind on their rent. There's a lot of people who sure. didn't make a car payment and their vehicles got repossessed. Um, hell, I've <laughs> Michael, you were there when I got my car repossessed. And, oh, yes, and so, so the thing is, is I've, I've gotten to see both sides of the spectrum. Um, and I definitely want to, to be financially well off. Um, I definitely have mm-hmm. done really well for myself. I've definitely made some great money decisions, poor money decisions. And there's no doubt for me that I'll eventually be, you know, the, the top 5% of financially wealthy people in the United States. But just seeing that wealth gap and seeing the difference between my life, yeah. you know, right now I have options, you know, Francie and I, you know, mainly because of Francie, but Francie and I are in a good financial situation. So sure. we left Salt Lake City. We're living with her parents. We got lucky. You know, we don't have to go to work. Uh-huh. We don't have car payments. And so we're in a better situation. Well, so what do you, what are you guys going to do with your, uh, what is it? Uh, $2,400. I'm, I'm actually giving it to my the, mom. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, nice. so I called my mom and I told her any money that, that I get from that's bonus extra money from the government that I was going to give to her to help awesome. her get through because her and Joel, you know, her, her and my yeah. stepdad, they don't, they don't have that option as much, you know? Um, Joel got laid off. My stepdad got laid off from Chico and turned around and went and worked at Albertsons. And so he's definitely putting, you know, the pedal to the metal and doing what he has to do to take care of his family. And so you definitely see that, that lower income level, not have the luxury of, of choices, you know, and that's what makes things really Um, hard. Yeah. Alon, um, you know, as someone asks you a question, it might seem personal, but I think it's a, I think it's a headline topic. I was just reading that most, not, not to, not to put you in a low income bracket, but, um, you know, I was reading a lot of low income folks have even filed taxes because there's not a need to the past couple of years. So, um, where are you at? Like, what do you think about this, uh, uh, cash and cash injection into our economy? What's your opinion on Uh. Um, you know, is that 1200 bucks help you? Is it, a, is I mean, it like, like just real talk? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I, he, earlier you were saying, I think he said something like, is this enough? Or are we just going to take, even though it's not enough, it's, you know, part of me is like, mm-hmm. well, something, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to take it. Obviously I will take it. But I mean, I think it's, it's kind of insulting to be honest. It's like 1200 bucks one time, you know, and, I mean, I think a, you know, I've heard different plans, you know, like uh, a freedom dividend would be good or, you know, Bernie Sanders has, you know, said $2,000 a month until this is over. Um, you know, I've heard that Mitt Romney, a thousand, you know, different, you know, different numbers. And if it was, you know, 1200 until it's over 1200 for the next few years, and that's a different story. It's still not a lot of money. You know, that that's not even rent in most places. Oh, on what are... But, are you privy to what are some other countries doing so, uh, for them? I heard, let me see it. It was, I want to disconnect from the app. I, but I heard the UK was doing 80%. If anybody's listening, they can correct me because I, I don't want to misquote. But I think. Yes, yeah, please. So folks, don't be like, anybody oh, listening. Alon said this and, and, and he, 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 <laughs> this guy is an economic genius. <laughs> but I think it was 80%. They're paying back to their 
you know, to, to every person. I might be wrong, but something like that. I think Denmark was 75%. Yeah. Canada, I heard, is doing 2000 mm. a month until um, uh, until it's over. Or, two, I, I, or I don't know if it was 2000 forever, but, but the point is it's, it's more than once. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, and some of these, a lot of these other countries have, you know, they, they, they pay for healthcare with their taxes. They pay for college with their taxes. They're not taking loans out for school. They're not, you know, worrying about seeing a doctor. And, you know, here, you know, they say the coronavirus testing will be free, but going to the doctor is not necessarily going to be free. So if you're already financially burdened, you're not sure. working, you're getting a one-time $1,200 check. Then you find out you have cancer. I mean, you know, like, so it's like, yeah, am I going to say no to the money? No, but do I think something better needs to happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think this should be maybe a wake-up call of how we look at politics, how we look at the way things run in this country, how we look at wealth. You know, sure. Isaac mentioned the you know the wealth gap in this country, and I, I mean, I definitely think you know the poor were already getting poorer, the rich were getting richer, and this is only escalating that. And I would hope that maybe this will be some kind of a renaissance um if there's any silver lining to this i'm this I'm, yeah from my perspective but so isaac yeah. while we're while we're on headlines what i know did you still have a couple headlines pulled up from I, today i did that, well and that and just okay. that <clears throat> did you want to do a little feedback on well, on one's point you know <clears throat> let, let's let's make this statement so the thing is 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 just take your family michael how how so you know the old saying like you you uh have more month than money or you run out of money before the month you know and so so oh, the yeah. thing is sure. is if you looked up at your expenses and timed out your month you know um i mean rent alone would eat up your thousand dollar you know twelve hundred dollars but let's even say rent was mm-hmm. paid i mean how mm-hmm. how fast does that twelve hundred dollars disappear for you yeah. So, and just to, just for perspective, I think, I think because of the size of our family, we're due to get about 3,900. Right. Um, yeah, but, but to your testament, I mean, we, we live at or just below our means, um, four kids. Um, we co-parent our oldest. Um, uh, he's, he's a scrappy dad. And so we, uh, we kind of do not not to get in too much information off, but I don't know how many folks out there listening are have been in in a situation where there's like a shared custody. You you can rotate uh, tax responsibility for that child, and so this one we were just like, you know, this is for him. You know, he'll be able to uh, go ahead and and go that way. Um, but yeah, man, you know, <clears throat> yeah. $3,900 is gone our first yeah. week of the month. Um, I think, I think we spend probably, um, and it's amazing. You know, it, it blows my mind how much stuff is. Uh, we don't drive brand new cars. We don't live in a big fancy house or even a regular fancy house, you know, and I, th- you know, our, our, uh, our monthly output is, you know, twice that right. easily. Well, and that's, so. and that's the thing. I mean, that's and that's that's really the perspective it's it's there's numbers and then there's what do those numbers mm-hmm. what do those numbers do mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. you know i i just think it's i think it's important to think of think about that for sure um and on a positive on a positive spin 
on a positive spin, um, we've really been crunching and uh, our, we've been putting our budget at the gym uh, religiously over the last few months. And so when this money comes into our account, it's every dollar already has a place right. to go. So it, it, we're putting that money work. We know, okay, we have that budget is in place. And even, even where that so-called extra money comes in, it's going to a direction and that really kind of already answers the question for us because we've built that budget based on goals, et cetera. And I, I know we're not getting into maybe one of these podcasts, we'll get into budgeting and finances, but um, yeah. So I wish I could say that it means we're all going to go to the beach, but it's just going to go to the places that are already, the buckets yeah. are already there. Well, you know? so just, just reading up a headline, New York times, uh, 3.3 million file for unemployment, camp, yeah. unemployment claims, you know, oh are we, I mean, that's it. That's only at 30%. 3.3 million. Isn't that like the population of Houston? Yeah. I mean, am Houston I wrong? is just shy of 4 million people. Yeah. So that's like an entire city of Houston just suddenly doesn't have a job, like a light switch. You know, I was. Yeah, like we're talking like we're talking, guys, we're talking like two weeks ago. There were still people thinking yeah. this was a hoax, like in well, some the places was in the middle of the, the woods. Was at record highs, you know, two and a half weeks ago. Know, it's just yeah. the volatility of it. 3.3 million people yeah. filing well, you unemployment. Know, you know what's funny is I, uh, so Sarah, um, my sister, she told me that uh, she got a letter on her door from, from her apartment complex that said, hey, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there. Just so you know, your rent really is due on the first and you, just, and you yeah. do have to pay as normal, you know. And so so the thing the thing that I kind of chuckled about and, and I said, hey, you know, if you're if anybody's having financial hardships and stuff. I said, don't pay your rent. Good luck anybody evicting you right now. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like, oh, mean. Like if I was if um, I was in dire straits, I'd be like, you know, sorry, man. You know, fuck you. Your passive income's on pause until yeah. you know my family's in first. Yeah. You know yeah. how the hell of a time can evicting me? Yeah. If I, if I'm not mistaken, I think at least in. Uh... In Texas, there's an eviction hold right yeah. now. I thought I so, heard that, I mean, yeah. You know, and it's interesting to just kind of get into the psychology of that a little bit when, when it comes to to brands and what does your business look like in the eye of the consumer in your peer market. It's really interesting because you'd never see a, a national property management company that's in the limelight right now say something oh, yeah. like that. Because that go to Twitter oh, yeah. in two seconds, and they would be on blast. Yeah, I mean, so fast. I mean, it's... like it, their PR people would be ahead of this right now, saying, "Hey, hey, 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 guys, look, we're we're gonna put a hold on all of that business. No, no, don't even say the e word. Just let's just get through this, you know, and and then we'll work things out right. under the table. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're you're not, but I see that's what's what's interesting. And I think you're right when you talk about passive income. I think you're hitting on a chord. Um, these private investors that are that own these small, multi-unit, tenant uh, places, these folks don't have accountability. They are living in a three hundred to one point two million dollar home that's paid off, and on a on either a ranch in California or here in Texas, and 
they don't there's where's the accountability for that and there's there's definitely so and you definitely have different levels of homeowners i mean you have some people who are renting and that's a part of their financial model and they're just trying to scrape by as much as the next person and if they don't get the rent they're in a really bad situation i mean there's definitely both sides of the spectrum on that front it's just you know what 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 makes it hard is that the united states government told people to not go to work and it was very sudden there's no warning there's no yeah. hey we're gonna start layoffs yeah. and so you have to think sure. about you know which is great i mean we have to stay healthy we have to stay well but you know right now no it's the same it's isaac it's the same conversation um on one end it's the polite way of what china was doing they were welding people's right. doors shut like it's the same request it's just being done right. in a yeah. civil and way it, and so know? so what happens is is what whose response when you put people in between a, a rock and a hard place who's responsible who's you know who sure. who's the call on now here's the thing the thing is is when you say hey social distancing don't go to work shut down your businesses that person you know i just my heart breaks for the person who has been working somewhere making 10 to 12 dollars an hour has never missed a day of work mm-hmm who's been extremely dependable, who's been coming in day in, day out for the last 10 years of their life. They're barely making it. They, you know, they, they treat themselves whenever they have three paychecks in a month. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, right. they don't have a job. You know, don't come to the, yeah. you know, I, what, how does that person get taken care of? Absolutely. You know? and, that, and that person, yeah. that person, has been helping and feeding the the you know the workforce yeah and so that's that's what's really going to be interesting about this time frame is is um you know who really who really weighs weighs the burden um i don't know the answer to that question but uh it's probably going to be Alon, do you do you um nice. Alon, your last conversation with the school you were with was it like a you know, hey, well, was there an official conversation? Is it just understood? Do you still have also, a gig or what? How's that going? I always pick up gigs. I mean, I'm the the way the way it all went down is spring break. The last week was spring break, so I wasn't going to have work anyway. You know, um, on holidays I don't have work, and I do different kinds of gigs, yeah. and um, a lot of time that's when I come to Kerrville and I'll you know work for people here doing different odd jobs, but. Um, I had one more day of school and I was planning on it and I got a call at three in the morning from the, like a recorded message from the school district that we would not have class today. And then one of the secretaries from the school I work at also sent me a message said, Hey, no school today. Be safe. And then, um, everything was kind of up in the air. It was like, Hey, you know, like no school today. (laughs) Then I think later that day, yeah, they had like a, a press release from the, uh, in Austin Independent School District, that there wouldn't be school until April sixth, tentatively, and now that's still kind of up in the air. Um, you know, it, like sure. I, go ahead. So, are you are you are you part of that three? I like I know you're not part of three. Yeah, like, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I filed for unemployment. Do you feel unemployed? For sure, or? because yeah, I mean, because well, regardless, okay. Yeah. If, okay. You know, and I when I filed, it was under disaster. Um, they had coronavirus as something, so. Um, sure, sure. While still 
technically being employed because I wasn't let go or anything like, um, you know, whenever school does start, I'm, you know, I'm still going to be able to come back and sub, but we don't know when that is, you know, who knows if, is that, no. is that May or is that October or is that next year, like mm-hmm. April of next year, um, March of next year. Um, so, you know, I, I, yeah, it was crazy. So I, I immediately filed for unemployment. Um, and yeah, that's when you know it's crazy when you're like, you know, um, you know, you hear 30%, I think it was 24.9% during the Great Depression, 30% now. Um, I mean, things are different, obviously. That is crazy. Technology and we learn things, but still, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, this is. I mean, uh, it's insane. just so volatile. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, mm-hmm. like, like, and that's what's interesting about time frame. Michael and I were talking about this before we got on on this call. Was that you know, two weeks ago, maybe it was three, you know, I was having a conversation with my sisters about if we should have Sarah's thirtieth birthday party in Utah. Now, mm-hmm. fast forward the clock, if we were having that same conversation today, it wouldn't even be a question. We the answer would be no. Um, even even if we didn't think we would get sick, nothing's going to be open. And, and, you know, evidence shows that we probably would get sick. And so, you know, the same thing, you know, fast forward a week from that conversation, Francie and I were talking to, you know, Doug and Kelly, her parents, and we were going back and forth about if we should move back to Montana or not. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we did move back to Montana. We made the right decision. It was the right decision economically and for the, uh, safety and well-being of us and our families but fast forward a week you know it wouldn't even been a conversation we would have just been coming and so i i really feel like time frame is the torment right now how long will this last what what mm-hmm. should i do and when it comes to time um that seems to be probably the most inconsistent message that we're getting from world leaders right now did you guys did you guys see that uh sure. thing that went viral the Italians talking to themselves like 10 days in the future? Oh man, no. it's good. You guys got to look it up. Have you seen it, Lonzi? No, I have I thought I was thinking of another one where Dude. it was showing a week before everything hit the fan with them and they had no, no I need to see this. This um, this is great perspective. So what it is is it's Italians who did a video talking to themselves. 10 days in the past and then like one woman was like shame on you for not taking this serious mm-hmm. you know one guy was like hey i know you think this isn't a big deal but your grandmother's gonna die in a few days i mean it was gut-wrenching oh my god to listen to these guys and that was and and they were just talking to themselves you know 10 days prior very mm-hmm. very powerful video about taking this seriously and you know, and on that note, you know, I I'd like to just kind of put my neck out a little bit and give, give some, you know, maybe f- from a realist perspective, you can't, you know, it's it's one thing to have an opinion in the public, um, you know, it's one thing to kind of chuckle at the water cooler when, you know, somebody's joking about a headline and it being ridiculous and it's not going to happen. It's another thing to to be in your place of worship or your place of recreation where you hang out and drink and people are kind of joking about this and joking about that. But, you know, guys, mark my words, like, you know, I had a real conversation with my wife a a week ago. We're like, what's going to happen if this, if stuff hits the fan, what are we really doing? 
you know, like, because when it all said and done, when it's all said and done, like, it, it doesn't matter what, like, it does not matter whether I am one of those people that's panicking and, and buying toilet paper. Here's what's, here's what matters. That shelf with toilet paper is going to get empty. What am I going to do? You know, like it's, that's the reality of it. <laughs> so, and that's kind of across the board. It's like, you know, um, so it's just, I think right. it's about being prepared. Um, I, I, that first weekend where it was kind of crazy last week, um, we had already kind of gone shopping and we had already kind of been stocked up. So I, we were just going into the store to do, just do regular shopping for the evening and the next morning's breakfast. And I thought I'd treat myself to, uh, some fancy high end cookies. And I was wandering down the expensive <laughs> end of the uh, cookie aisle, chip aisle. And, uh, just this, this, this elderly guy, I mean, we're like, he's shaken and he's, He's just so like old and sweet and like, you know, he's just looked like he's lost his hair and had cancer five times, bless his heart. And like, he's just there and he's, he's grabbing these cookies and I, and I just had a conversation with him and I just walked past a, a woman who, um, she was talking to a young lady who was refilling the, the meat shelves with like steak and you could hear her. I'm looking around. Everybody's calm. Everybody's moving orderly. Yes, there were some full grocery carts. Nobody was running. No, it was a. It was just. It was actually like a quiet pre-Thanksgiving shopping day, to be honest with you. And I look over. She, this lady's like, "What do you think about all the panic shopping?" And you just heard her <laughs> say "panic shopping" like really loud. And I wanted to look around and and say, "Nobody's panicking," you know. And and I and I talked to this this so that I I was reflecting on that. I go looking at my fancy cookies and um. I told, I told this guy, I was like, man, you know, those are the same cookies I used to eat when I was a kid. He's like, yeah, they're kind of for a kid. Now my wife got, mm -hmm. has Alzheimer's and she's kind of at the place of like a child. And so it is kind of for a kid. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's awesome. You know, I bet, I bet it's gonna, I bet it's gonna bring a smile to her. And he looks at me and he's like, he's like, young man, what do you, what do you think about this craziness? And I don't know. Like, I just looked at him and I said, you know what? I feel like I feel like we should all have the individual freedom to react how we feel is appropriate and, and not necessarily to take advantage of other people, you know, cause there's that argument. Like, I'm not saying like hurt other people, but um, we, we all should have the right to react. It's really interesting. The psychology is really similar to mourning Absolutely. and death, you know, grieving is very private. We all grieve differently. And it's one of our rights as a human is to own that type of grieving. It's one of the places where we feel valid and entitled. And something like this does touch our mortality. And I, I think there's a lot of reaction shaming. And to be quite frank, I, I just think it's bullshit. Um, I, do, I do get that, like, if it gets out of hand, it can rock the boat of the balance of a community, like, if like somebody goes and buys three truckloads of toilet paper and nobody has any, sure that sucks, you know, but, and that's not necessarily right. So I'm not saying I condone that, but I do, you know, I just told him, I was like, I think, I think everybody has, should have the, you know, freedom. Right. And I'm glad we do, you know, I'm glad that if I want to comfort purchase 10 bags <laughs> of chips, <laughs> like, like we could do right. that, you know what I mean? And, and it was just, it was such a solid, 
kind of a moment for me. Um, on that note, Isaac and Alon with toilet paper, what do you think? You think the, uh, you think toilet paper is going to take a hit in our culturally? Well, do you think I mean, that's going to be, or, yeah, or D- be Doug installing installed bidets? a bidet, but he, he installed like a Cadillac of bidets. This, 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 this thing, this thing, he didn't do the plumber special no, where you just hook the hose no. up in a shower. No, handle. listen, listen, but I'm sure, I'm sure I can get Doug on, on a podcast. Now, now yeah, Doug's yeah. Your, so, is Doug so just, your just a little right? background story. So, uh, Francie and I have been dating. I so something I'm a little salty about. I just want to bring it up is I ordered a ring back in January to propose, and that ring is still not ready. Did you get the COVID nineteen alert that no. the person making your ring it, is quarantined to their home? I really, and, think, like, I really think it's cool <laughs> the the place that I bought it because I I got it. Uh, custom made it uh, a little bit different than the rings tread on. I got it. I think that they messed mm-hmm. up and they're using COVID nineteen as an excuse to why they don't have the ring <laughs> because another no because the ring was supposed to be ready before the before all this happened. So I'm pretty salty about it. Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's been a pretty. What? Hey, Johnny, why is this ring platinum? No, yeah, oh, it says no. platinum. No, 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 no. He paid with a platinum yeah. visa. It's supposed to be gold. So it's, oh, it's pretty. It's pretty frustrating. <laughs> but yes. So, so if I, yeah. so Francie reminds me because I, I like introduced her as like my fiance wants or wife wants or whatever, and she's like, oh no, you don't, you don't get to take that credit. You know, I don't have a ring on my finger. So, anyways. So, so, so I'll say this. I'll say Doug is my future father-in-law. How about that? Um, Alon, <laughs> do you think you're going to be, uh, you think you're going to audition Hopefully. for any bidet gigs? Or... Uh, actually, my dad installed a bidet a few. Using a bidet. Yeah. Well... It's like those Depends commercials with really good looking women. You're like, what the <laughs> anyway, and no, I mean no disrespect if anybody has to worry. Depends. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's marketing. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, we already lost a fraction of, of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can you imagine seeing like a slightly attractive woman that's older, and you're like, you know what? I have it. I'd go for it. I, I would do it. You know, the right situation. And then she's like, I, like you see her like go and grab the pins off the shelf, and you immediately regret your decision. <laughs> what about what about the handshake, Lonzi? You oh, think, uh, interesting. You think that's going to take a hit? You think people are going to be uh, well? So it's interesting. I. I think they will for a while, and I it's kind. Of, I'm wondering two things that will happen when this hopefully is all, you know, over with. Either two things are going to happen: we're all going to, everyone's going to rejoice, and everyone's we're going to see videos of people all over the world hugging, and you know, we're all going to go out and dance and have a good time, or it's going to burning right, styrofoam. Or it's going to be the opposite, and, and I wonder if people are going to be hyper, <laughs> you know, afraid to be social at all again, um, and. You know, I can. I think we're all going to learn things about hygiene. Um, I don't think women are going to wear bras anymore. I think they're going to be over it. Uh, <laughs> screw <laughs> that. Like, I had a great time that. over this. <laughs> hey, 
quarantine. Not, I don't need I, I don't want to interrupt, <laughs> but, you, but we didn't finish the bidet conversation. So, oh, yeah, this yeah. Thing has, My, this thing has a remote oh, control, okay. man. So check this oh, out. Oh, you have a nice, nice one. Yeah, so it heats up the water. So you, so you oh. can mo- you can control the temperature of the water, which assists you in the cleanliness of your bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> there's, different, there's different water pressures, right? And not only that, but it has like a... I, yeah. Well, I, Does it have like a pulse <laughs> I feature? I don't know. I haven't used it yet. <laughs> but in addition to that... But it has like a blower, like a fan blower to like drive. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, like, there's some bougie stuff going on where I am right now. Yeah. It, it blows soap? your butt? That's yeah, so, man. It, that's it's, so innovative. It's, apparently, it's really, Francie's all about it. She wants to get one now when we move, you know? So, you that's know what's funny? Ass. The first time Francie oh. used it, she, it has a remote control. That's pretty crazy. Uh, she screamed in the background. So what do you like? Do you clean the remote control? Like I don't get it. Like, like, like I don't there's, understand. There's like I've seen those sixty minute. Hey, I've seen those sixty minute um, features on how the remote oh. control is the dirtiest thing in the hotel room. You can't tell me that a remote on a bidet is not going to be filthy. I'm just oh, sorry. True, I'm man. sorry. You need a I black mean, light in there. If you think about it, if you sit down on the toilet, you do probably touch your penis to put it in the right place and then grab the remote. <laughs> no, no. I, you know what I want? I want, I want to have. I want. I better oh, have an Alexa. Alexa, spray bidet. my ass. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. It, I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, she can learn your voice. I like guess she can learn that. You're like, yeah. ass. Because I don't have like just, your recording of it. I, we don't. We don't need to hear. <laughs> oh, and you know how you know how she does those funny little things like ask me about this, ask me about that. Like, yeah. Can you can you see that getting that email from uh, Amazon on uh, her her new skills? Ask her how many the average length of time yeah. it takes for air to dry off your butt from a bidet oh, with like, a blower. Alexa, I'm in a mood. <laughs> Extra pressure today. <laughs> so, seriously, guys, let's. My, I had a day. Um, where yeah, I had a day. I had a day. Tell me, tell me your cultural takeaway. Let's do this throughout throughout this. Um, I never grow up. Let's let's start a tradition here. Isaac, tell me, tell me right now. What do you think is the big, biggest cultural difference we're going to see after yeah, um, after all this passes? You know, you know what I. And you you can do one next week when we yeah. do this again, or when a couple days or whatever. But right now, what's what's change. one cultural thing well, that's going to change? I I mean, yeah. Uh, I think I want to still okay. I really like what you said, and I just don't know if you'll mention it. So I want to I want to mention it, but I really liked what you said about. Yeah, go for, How it. go for it. Walmart and a lot of big companies have been trying to push their curbside shopping and they mm. just haven't been able to get much traction. Oh, yeah. Now they've gotten a lot of traction. And, and I think even when this is over, people will have gotten used to shopping that way and that will, that will become a, a new norm. I yeah. thought that was a brilliant observation. It's a, I think, yeah, I think it's exactly. like a forced adoption so, curve. Anyways, mm-hmm. I just, I, when you told me that, I, I found that really interesting and I just remember that. Um, you know, I really think, you know, so Andrew Yang, he ran uh, for president and his big thing was the freedom dividend or the basic universal income. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a, a snippet mm-hmm. of that came into 
um, the picture with this $2 trillion stimulus package. Um, it's definitely been, yeah, that's, it's that's not 12 also. trillion. I'm just um, kidding. Other just countries. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know what it was? It was 12 trillion gallons <laughs> of water that fell in Houston. Oh, Hurricane Harvey. Remember? The, the that's first, what it is. The first I'm time, getting the two mixed up. The first up. time my, yes. my entree, <laughs> hey, you know what, man? I started a new restaurant. Hurricane Harvey happens. I started a new consulting company. Coronavirus. It's like the restaurant gods want me to do nothing but work online. Yeah. Shit. Please stop doing Anyways, things. Anyways, nothing good about me. Um, so I think, I think, um, <laughs> I do think that, um, and they, you know, a lot of people have been calling this presidential um, race that's coming up. You know, the rich versus the poor. Um, you know, uh, you know, socialism's been thrown out there a lot, but. But I really do think that the wealth gap is going to be a big conversation, American people. Um, I think Andrew Yang, you know, he even said on the Joe Rogan podcast that he, you know, he was really using this as a platform. Um, yeah, it's kind of tacky um, to talk about yeah. it. Whatever. If Joe dick. Rogan likes I'm just kidding. This, this <laughs> go get so go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> That'd be bad. <laughs> so, okay, that's true. So I. I think that that concept <laughs> of universal basic income or the freedom dividend, uh, the wealth gap, uh, I think things of that nature are really going to build some traction right now. Um, I think that yeah. it's going to kind of force the issue to, to kind of get on the table. Um, and I, I think there's going to be a lot more, more of that. And it's going to, right now, it's not about AI. It's about the coronavirus but it's and it's gonna stay that way mm-hmm. and then it's gonna make a transition so so i'd, I'd really culturally I'd, I'd really be paying attention to a lot of people uh talking about the wealth gap and 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 you know what does life look like for the everyday american it, it almost feels like the perfect storm for for this to be a, a subject matter regardless of what you believe um, I think it's going to be a subject matter. Alon, culture change. What do you think? Just tonight, um, what's, your, what's your guess? Yeah. Uh, um, one of the big I mean, changes I think, after I, I think, all this I passes. agree with Isaac. And I, I mean, pre-coronavirus really freaking everyone out um, outside of China, you know, this was already the kind of the conversation – um healthcare is going to be a big conversation healthcare for sure yeah i mean the conversation you know amongst the democrats was you know democratic socialism versus you know moderates um and then you know the, i think going back to even 2016 was populist versus establishment what does populist mean and that, that's up for interpretation you know who's actually populist but um initially rich versus poor now who's who's right or wrong on that. That's again, also up for people to decide. I I have my opinions on that, but um, it's definitely about, it's going to be definitely about wealth gap and healthcare. I think will be the, the, the two big things on the table. Sure. I'm hoping the environment this, cause I think this is all kind of related. It's, you know, where we're at, why, what we're learning right now of people not being out, like the, the positive effects it is having the environment. Um, but I think a big culturally, regardless of where we are on the political spectrum, it will be rich versus poor um, mm-hmm. and healthcare. Well, uh, and the fact that this is happening so close to a, a, 
uh, an election. You know what I mean? Like if if this was if this was if this was Trump's second um, term, I'm really curious how different everything. I'm really curious about how the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, like if this was Trump's second term and that there wasn't this like fear of of trying to, uh, you know, get whatever political party you want in in the White House. I really think this thing would would be handled differently. And so the fact that that it is election time and the fact that the American people, you know, are li- have a little bit more clout or importance um, than before, um, I think. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 really leverage the status quo. Curious. And with, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, no, um, I was going to say it's go interesting because I mean, every you know, they always say every every election is a big election, but like regardless of how, whether you hate Trump, like Trump, it's been the hyper every day on the news more than any president. Somebody's talked about. And then, you know, same as a lot of the, you know, Democrats who are running. So it's like, it was already a subject of conversation. Even if people are apolitical, it's not like they don't know the name Trump. They don't know the name Bernie Sanders. They don't know the name Andrew Yang, Joe Biden. Of course. But it's been hyper that because it does you know it's going to affect us in one way or another um but it's crazy because it was already a big deal the last four years and it's a major deal now well yeah i you know i talked to someone that was a huge trump supporter and they 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 um her husband ended up getting sick and she's been really paying attention because they both got laid off um he's gotten sick um she has a little bit of hesitancy and she said that because of all these issues heading so close to home, she's paying more attention to politics than she ever has been before. And her personal circumstances has really made a change in, in her political viewpoint. And, I, and I'm just trying to be very careful to, to, to not you know, give a biases one way or another, but when things hit home for you, uh, exactly. people really have a different opinion. You know what I mean? It's, it's very human nature. Yeah. So, guys, let me, let me tell you my, my two uh, cultural differences. Uh, number one, I think next year, if the school year starts normal next year, I think I think the homeschool kid that people always look weird at, he's gonna have he's gonna have a bit of an advantage. He's gonna look around and be like, "I'm trying out for football. I'm hitting that cheerleader, and I'm still weird. Screw you! Don't even." And nobody's gonna look at him twice because they're all gonna feel awkward. I think I think the homeschool kid is gonna have a little bit of an extra edge next next year. Um, it's like not on my turn. This is my body. <laughs> on on a serious, That's I know, my six on a serious, serious note, we've you, you we're already we we were already in the middle. We were already in the middle of the biggest wealth transfer from baby boomers to Gen X yeah. before this ever happened. I think we're going to see a, a, a surge of that happening. And I'm not, please, I'm not trying to sound. I know there's been horrible, horrible things said about this being like the boomer what what what's some of that crap people have been saying like this is the oh, disease that get rid of boomers and crap like that i think it's horrible i would curb stomp people that are saying that in a heartbeat right. but 
that's not what I'm referring to. I'm just referring to um, just uh, securities changing and assets changing from family and family member. And I think this, we might see, uh, this might accelerate a little bit. And it's real interesting to see, uh, maybe even a little biased because I am. Did Gen we ever X, figure you know? out, um, did we ever but, articulate um, And that's my perspective, and but. Did, oh, are we? We're millennials. Uh, you, you guys, Whether we like it or not, we're, we're uh, right totally. smack in the middle of being a millennial. Not yeah. in the middle. Are we, are Late we like 80s. old school millennials? We're like I'm right 80s. in the middle. <laughs> so I think, I, think, I think the baby boomers after this are going to be like, fuck you guys, we're done. <laughs> I think they're going to be like that. I think us Gen Xers are going to be like, okay. Um, we were the homeschool kid in this situation. Now we're going to speak up a little we bit. We made our own ego waffle. And um, I think that <laughs> I think I think that's going to be yeah, it's going to be that. Oh, and the resurgence man, of the crunchy mom, mom is going to happen. Uh, he's coming so. back. What do you guys think about the Gen well, guys, Z thing? Um, Have you seen that? Like millennial, millennials, millennials oh, are like, stop let, asking millennials. Oh my gosh, millennials, you're worried about oh, yeah. Gen Z. Is Gen Z that's real or no? All right. Oh no, that's that's absolutely yeah. real. And and let's leave that to talk about next time. Um, my drink's empty, and hey, probably the people listening it is also empty as well. So having that awkward conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Wait, what <laughs> was that? that <laughs> I said I. I... Okay. <laughs> no. What was oh, that? Yeah, we're at the beginning. For for. And it's well. Not only do Guys, uh, will Francie's parents hear this podcast and wonder about her daughter's decision, they'll know I drink other tequila. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alon, Isaac, thank you for uh, meeting me at the metaphorical streetlight or talking over the fence. Um, we successfully hung out and we're true to social distancing and did our civil duty. To stop the spread of this virus uh, yeah. tonight, and well, you know I what I felt like you did when you when you asked us to do this. I felt like you were like throwing little pebbles at our window to come out and play. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly, that's what I was. You're doing. about to take out a big <laughs> boombox and play uh, <laughs> that song from from uh, oh, that movie. Say anything. <laughs> you and your baby. You're gonna serenade us <laughs> with Peter Gabriel. <laughs> no, no serenade. 